People deluded, I'm back again. Good morning to those of you in the UK. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and of course, good night. Welcome back to another edition of the Deluded Podcast. I hope you're all doing well and safe. I hope you've all, you know, if you're just coming across this podcast for the first time, you've hit the follow button on Spotify. The same thing for Apple. Obviously, my bread and butter is YouTube, so make sure you're subscribed across that. Deluded Guna on all of that. Twitch, Deluded Guna 187. Now, enough of the safe promotion. It feels like... Self-promotion, sorry. Feels like I ain't been here for a minute, people. Like I said, I have to say it again. Good morning. I hope you're all doing well and safe. I hope you've all got a spring in your step. Maybe not so much if you're French, Dutch or, or German. If you're English, who knows if it's really coming home and things like that. But, you know, it's vibes. You have to take every game as it comes in. End of the day, still undefeated. Grab the clean sheet again. Raheem Sterling, Gaza man, you know, born in Jamaica, made in Jamaica. Boy from Brent, though, made the difference. Obviously, big up Harry Kane for getting on the score sheet. Before I forget as well, I did say, you like that, follow me on social. I said Kane's getting his goal today. Shout out to Harry Maguire, Jordan Pickford. I think they've got to be bigged up as well for their performances. Golden Boy, Saka, of course. Grealish off the bench, Maverick, you know. And the rest of them, man to a man, Luke Shaw. You know, I think tactically, Shaw and Trippier must have been told not to get too um, wide because there was a reluctance to go forward. But like you saw, the minute the shackles got released and Shaw went forward, I'm not going to say he played amazing. It was amazing, but he's played a pivotal role in both of the goals. And obviously, it was fantastic play for the first man between everybody. Obviously, there was a couple people involved. Um, it eventually goes from Grealish to Shaw. Raheem Sterling taps home. Great performance from us. Um, let's kick off with with England, really. You know, again, we England two, Germany nil. Now, I many people didn't see that coming. Many people thought Germany was going to hand it to us. But as I said, there's never been a better time to play the Germans. Every game they've played prior to playing us, and technically they maintain that record, they've been behind. You know, it really was the group of death, really, because all them and they're out now. Um, I was unim unimpressed with Germany. They were stale. They were quite, you know, didn't see too much from Rosens. I thought that was the left-hand channel was going to be it. Muller missed a golden chance. You know, Kimmich, Tony Kroos got bullied. Again, Mason Mount didn't even play. So I don't know why he's living rent-free in his head. They're, the Germans, it's what we've known, in it? They need a new cycle. A couple of new players need to come about. You know, Jurgi Lowe is over. Apparently, Tony Kroos is, is retiring. Um... So I was uninspired by what I saw by Germany and, you know, you can focus on how bad the Germans were, similar to what we did when we played Croatia. And a lot of it is true, you know, the Germans were terrible. They've had a terrible tournament. They're out in the last 16. It's terrible. I'm sure they're having their own inquest. For us, though, you can only play what's in front of you. That's nothing to do with us. Man to a man, we won our individual battles. We believed in ourselves. We played without any, any regrets. Obviously... You know, on another day, you're probably asking... Everything worked in it, so Southgate, it worked in it. But on another day, I'm definitely asking why Trippier started. I actually think Trippier struggled. You know, Grealish came on and made the difference. I think everybody saw early on in that game, you know, we kind of was lacking, you know, I feel uh, Calvin Phillips had a good game, as did Declan Rice, but they're quite limited. And I just felt we needed someone who could dribble from central areas and link up with the wide players and just relieve the pressure off us temporarily. Um, we, we didn't have that. Um, so again, we didn't learn too much about Southgate. He went for the safe option. Big up Stones and Maguire, like I said. Kyle Walker did well in his role. Pickford as well, because he made a big save. Shout out to Werner. We can always count on him to miss. Um, you know, big save from him. Pickford also, I'm sure he tipped one over the bar shortly after that in the second half. You know, Pickford has a good tournament. I know many people don't rate Pickford too particular, me, and, me as well. But I can't lie, I'm ready to start the Arsenal agendas. Man to a man, we did our team. And like I said, golden by Raheem Sterling. Three goals for the tournament, you know. 
<laughs> What's that? Five goals in the tournament now? Three scored by Sterling? No. We've scored four, in it? Four or five goals. Raheem Sterling scored the majority of them and he's justified his start. You know, I'm happy for Harry Kane for his, you know, for his confidence and he's worked hard. You know, I'm happy for Raheem Sterling. I mean, in typical fashion, you know, the papers don't want to give it to him. You know, Prince George or whatever the whatever the, the, the little pitney's name is. Um, bigger spread on the newspapers than him. You know, they you, again, I guarantee you, they were deleting them drafts where conveniently Jamaican-born Raheem Sterling has been removed now. You know, the minute we go out, it's going to, it is what it is. And I hope you lot can see what happens when you support people. And for me personally... Like you saw with Switzerland, with Seferovic, like you saw with Raheem Sterling, like you're seeing with all of these nations, you know, in a day and age where nationalism and far right and all that BS is taking, you know, precedent and taking centre stage, not just in the UK, but everywhere in Europe, really, you know, immigrants are saving the competition. I know France went out, but, you know, an immigrant did the business, you know, two descendants of it, well, or descendants of immigrants, Raheem Sterling did the business, Granit Xhaka and Seferovic. You know, two central roles for Switzerland um, and, and the rest of it. Uninspired by the Germans, you know, they were quite toothless. They didn't seek to control the game. Yet, yeah, I did feel on another day, you know, they were break not that they were breaking the lines early. I just felt that we was conceding too many central areas. And on, a, on, on another day, Southgate does have to take the handbrake up. I don't think you need Declan Rice and Phillips, you know, especially when they're on the yellow card. I felt you could have went with... I know there's, you know, Mount's probably not trained as much because of COVID at one point, but... or or, or you know, the bubble with, with Gilmore. I would have went with, personally, Phillips and Mount. I just feel I'm not really confident with Rice and Mount together. I feel Phillips is a bit more street smart than, than, than Declan Rice, so I would have went with them. Obviously, if Henderson's fit, I'm going with Henderson and Mount there. That would have freed up something for Grealish. Personally, in the game, I would have pulled Saka from White... You know, Saka had Riddiger's number, let's not lie, and showed him levels. But I would have pulled him to left-back and, you know, nothing to do with Shaw, but I would have just pulled him to left back because I didn't feel we was offering enough down that channel. Uh, I would have moved Kyle Walker, declarized the centre-half, taken off Trippier and put Walker over there. I think Trippier, out of all of them, I think Trippier really struggled, um, in my in my humble opinion. He held it up. I'm not saying he played a two out of ten. I just think he looked off the pace. And there was one particular moment you can blatantly see Raheem Sterling's offside. We could all see it on the TV. He still decided to pass him the ball. It's a five-yard pass as well. Um I did think Shaw in the second half played better, but in the first half, he played within himself. Like Harry Maguire's playing out from the back of you, standing five metres away from him. Obviously, you can see why we need a builder in midfield. You know, we've got the piano pushers. We need a piano player because, you know, Sterling, Kane's doing it anyways, but Kane, uh, Sterling, uh, Saka, everybody's dropping and receiving it on the halfway line. And on another day, that could have the Germans could have used that to their advantage. The Germans were toothless, but it is what it is. We moved to them, you know, every man to a man, they all every man worked hard, you know, super sub Grealish. Again, I think you need to start him now, you know. Two Manchester City players in Grealish and Kane played great parts. I'm talking that into existence, you know. We've got a good chance. Again, we've got I'm sh uh, us English, we're, we're very opti we're optimistically pessimistic, you know. We never gave ourselves a chance against Germany, but in the game, we're on it. Now we're thinking we can go all the way. But same way we was looking at that Sweden-Ukraine game, we're like, ah. it would be England to beat Germany and then F up against one of the two. So you can't write anyone else off, you know. Friday, Saturday, I think that game's played. We need to apply ourselves 100%. If you do that, like you did against Germany, don't... Obviously, regard the op opposition and the threats they can have, but don't overdo it. Win your individual battles. Stand up to be counted. Prepare well. Have no regrets. And that's it. Even if Germany somehow, you know, even if we did a France somehow 
conceded two goals in the last 10 minutes and ultimately we went out to Germany. Obviously, there'd be regrets, but I wouldn't want us to have any regrets. I wouldn't feel the players should have had any regrets. You know, what you don't want to come back is fullback saying I should have taken on my man, striker saying I should have shot, need to do a bit more, but it worked. On another day, we can question the tactics, not necessarily free at the back because, you know, oh well, everything worked. So you can't, like against Croatia, you cannot question Southgate's tactics. I personally would have went with free at the back. I would have made some tweaks. Southgate knows more than me and he's backed it up. But I would have went with a free at the back against Germany as well. Um, we matched them in the right ways. France, take notes because you didn't against Switzerland. So we did our thing. We go marching on. You know, the Daily Fail and all them newspapers probably, you know, bum-sucking Raheem Sterling and the rest of the IC threes now and they're going to tear them up and tear them down. I personally think the story would be a bit different if, you know, shout out to Kane, nothing to do with Kane, but if... Kane's had a poor tournament by his own standards. If Raheem was playing like him, there'd be question marks about his focus with his club speculation. In Phil Foden, you know, Phil Foden ain't had an amazing tournament. Not that he's played. He's only hit the post. Um, if certain other players dyed their hair blonde and was doing up that stuff, there'd be issues. But it's not. I, I'm not saying, you know, we should agendas. I like how the England have togetherness. I like how DG Nation that's listening to this have togetherness. You know, like I was saying, they want to divide and conquer. We need to stand united. If we stand together, anything can happen. And any team left in this Euro should believe. I keep saying it. How many times on my podcast and the live streams did I say, all of these bigger nations look shaky? Germany, been shaky in the group. They should have went out to Hungary. We should have been playing Hungary, you know. Really and truly, you know, France have flattered to deceive and almost had that arrogance to know that, all right, cool, we got quality players at some point, we can pattern the game. And against Switzerland, they kind of did do that, people, but then they didn't. So I think, you know, big up to England. Let's talk about France versus Switzerland, you know, 3-3 three, three in normal time, four for 4-5 four, in, in Switzerland's favour. Obviously, on penalties, someone has to miss. Commiserations to Mbappe. I love the jokes and the banter and whatnot, but on a serious note, you hope he's cool mentally. I'm not a fan of the fallout you're hearing with France, how Rabiot's mother, who is very vocal and thinks her son's the bee's knees and doesn't know he's shit as well, um, calling, calling um, Mbappe arrogant, whether that's true or not, really and truly. I think that tells you about the privilege, the unconscious bias and potential prejudice of some people to be arrogant as they come. Literally, the dictionary... Uh, meaning of the word and call Mbappe that it has to happen there's winners and losers I'm not gonna lie it looked like the pressure got to him you looked that was watching my live stream and probably people that weren't you could see Mbappe was gonna miss he didn't look certain with it you know he, he's miskicked it as well I, I did I said it at the time I didn't feel he positioned the ball on the on the on, on the thing on in the right way the in the area in the right way these little things man and to go last as well obviously he wanted the star boy thing but it didn't work man it didn't work and I think the, at least I've seen the Bowles left his job. I think the the Champs needs to needs to step down. I know there's a World Cup next year, but and and there's something to be said for stability. At the end of the day, he did win the World Cup, and in the last Euros, he did get to the final. This is probably the only woeful woeful France side he's been under, you know. And France have a, have a great side, but of recent years, what in the last twenty years, they ain't been on much since that two thousand and six World Cup final. You know, they ain't been on much. They've had some stinky World Cup competitions. You know, we all remember Anelka and that. Um, so they probably keep him. And I don't, I can't really say a man's not a tactical man when you know he clearly is. He's got to have two finals and he does his business. But I just feel. Again, you did hear that the players wanted to change to a back three. That's fair enough. You know, you should listen to your players. I don't necessarily think it's because of the back three. I think it's the fact that you went to a back three to match against Switzerland when you have the, the, the superior players. And the fact that you didn't play well for 90 minutes. You had that little 
moment or period in the second half where Benzema Benzema got a brace within like two minutes. Shout out to Benzema, you know, fantastic improvisation with his left foot to head up to tap home, and he got another one. You know, obviously Pogba scored, and like I said, they were two, they were bruh, they were two goals up with eight minutes left. So the players need to take responsibility. You know, Pogba scored an amazing goal and had an amazing game, but he's lost the ball unnecessarily in the build up to what's taking it to extra time. You know. I haven't really seen much from a lot of the other attackers. You know, I don't know what Kingsley Coleman was off off the bench. I know he picked up a knock. I think the right hand side was terrible, man. I, you know, Pavard and Varane have said about it, man. It's shaky. It's been shaky. You know, you've got Pavard right wing. You've got Kimbembe, Lynette, and I'm missing somebody else out, people. Um, Varane, you know, Varane isn't the Varane he once was. He, you know, he looked crap, and he has been crap in this Euros. Lynette. When last did you play to get in? And and Kimbembe's got a mistake in him. None of them centre-halves are, you know, they're all French internationals. There's PSG, Real Madrid and Barcelona in there. They should be able to, but none of them are controllers, the controller sort, the, 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 the sort of big bro, little, the big bro to the little bro at the centre-half partnerships, that Puyo to the PK. None of them take authority. They're all headless chickens. They're all reactive. They're all shaky, you know. For Varane, you know, he probably is a generational defender. You know, he's been a teenager. He's done his thing at Madrid. He's won the World Cup. Shout out to Varane, yeah. But he look, he's looked shaky his whole career. I think he's a quality centre-half. If you match him, all of them, if you was to say the proper centre-halves, like you named your defenders of all time and these sort of things, like you slap Cannavaro, these lot can't lace his boots. This tells you why defending is in the, is in the, is in the gutter. These lot are reactive defenders. They can't think. And it's a bunch of headless chickens. You know, Rabi will probably look like the best defender there. And he's a left wing-back and even he weren't that good. You know, it's a shame for Paul Pogba because he's having a fantastic tournament. Griezmann, I feel, was playing well. Benzema was starting to come into form. And Bappe might have got two assists and had some good moments in the game. But much like the tournament, he's flattered to deceive. It is what it is, you know. It's been a honeymoon period for him. He's, I know he's lost Champions League final as well recently, but you've won World Cup, you're playing well. These are the moments that you have to learn from, so he'll bounce back. Kante was anonymous. As I said, Griezmann had a good one, but... You know, I just think tactically they were they were terrible as well, man. I felt sorry for Loris. He saved the penalty and bailed some people out. You know, Pavard's a terrible... Just been making terrible decisions, you know. Pavard's been having a terrible tournament. You know, I didn't even understand not playing Lucas Hernandez, you know. You play him left back, you don't want to... You could have played him left wing back or you could have played him as a back three. So Deschamps, I don't know what he's on, um, if I'm completely honest with you. It looked disjointed. And again, you know... Bad game management from the gaffer, bad tactics from the gaffer, bad game management from the players, bad game management from the the senior individuals, terrible decisions. And then obviously bottling. So it was a, I don't think you can blame one single thing. I think you can blame multiple things. You can blame Mbappe for bottling. You can blame the boys for not doing enough over 90 minutes. You know, uh, they really didn't offer that much. There's many things. As a team, you have to take it. You can't, what you cannot do is blame one singular party. They're all factors. You win together, you lose together. Mbappe and Deschamps, I might be critical of them right now, um, but how many times has he probably saved them? You know, Pogba's probably going to get all the heat. And he, he listen, he shouldn't have lost that ball. That was stupid. You know, Xhaka bossed it. Xhaka had a great game, um, in my opinion. Um, it was quite it was quite poor in that regard. And you're hearing a lot of fallout now, man. You know, you're hearing a lot of fallout. Like, um, Rabiot's mum, where she, someone just needs to tell her to shut up, man. Rabiot's, um, Rabiot's mother clashed with Pogba and Mbappe's families last night. And again, the most arrogant, one of the one of the most arrogant women in football. One of the, you know, if she thinks her son is the best thing. How you can call Paul Pogba or Mbappe arrogant? I think it tells you, like I said, of the unconscious bias, the privilege. 
and certain other things. But as you lot can see, people, apparently RMC Sport apparently have provided new details around the clashes between player families after France obviously lost to Switzerland. Shout out to Seferovic, he had a great game for them. Um, and Jan Sommer, keep up, big boy performance. Um, apparently the verbal battle uh, appeared to occur between Rabiot's mum, um, certain individuals close to him and Paul Pogba's family. The two families exchanged words after the third goal for Switzerland in the stands. Um, apparently she asked how Pogba could lose the ball like that in the lead up to the Swiss equaliser facts to be fair at full time Rabiot's mother asked Kylian Mbappe's father to tell him off so that he could be less arrogant well when you tell yourself off and your son because your son thought he had a divine right to get a contract from PSG thought you know the world owed him something at Juventus and think you know you, you genuinely think your son's a world class player shut up man um um, she also took aim at certain journalists for the way they were sucking up to Mbappe. To be fair, all they've done is demonise Mbappe going into this tournament and his alleged arrogance with Giroud and things like that. And you always knew if he didn't have a good tournament, Raheem Sterling gets a lot in the press. He was going to get a lot with the French. But as we know, like with a lot of these footballers, they love your rhythms. They don't love your blues. You see how they love Sterling now? They don't even love him because they're not even giving him the right platform and stuff. But, you know... All you saw yesterday was an honest footballer who worked hard, scored in his in his backyard, the boy from Brent, and celebrated with his with his dad. I mean, with his with his son, a proud father, you know, you know. But again, I'm you, the minute we go out or if we don't win this, all of a sudden you're gonna see a picture of the gun and the gun tattoo. You're gonna see how these fake allegations that, despite being a family man and a self proclaimed lover boy, that he's got a million baby mums. You're gonna see the Jamaican born before English international. And you can imagine, you know, you can imagine. And I think when you look at it, bro, immigrants and descendants of immigrants have been carrying not only this Euros competition, but these countries. <laughs> like Seferovic, Gravanovic, um, apologies for forgetting, his, um, forgetting his name, mispronunciations. Xhaka, last time I checked, these are not Swiss names. Paul Pogba, Mbappe, Benzema, that's Algeria, um, Cameroon. And I, 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 can't, I, can't, I don't know where Pogba's... Um, Family home is, I think it's Senegal. I don't know people. It's, or it, it could be Guinea or Papua New Guinea or one of them. Um, I think I've read it, but I don't know. But the point is, you see it in it. You know, even the even the defence. You know, even Griezmann, he's got Spanish in it. And like I said, I think it's, this tournament could have showed a positive example for it. But you could see it, people. So, demonised. Apparently, there was an aggressive exchange between Mbappe's mum and, and Rapio's mum. So what, did Mbappe and Rabiot start fighting? For about 20 minutes, his mother clashed with several families of um, with several families of players present in Bucharest people. They were shocked by her attitude and the timing of her outburst right after the match. The situation appears to have originated from earlier in the match when security officers had to ask had to ask those close to Paul Pogba to calm down after they acted aggressively and negatively to Rabiot's mistakes, in particular during the game. So it's just nasty. It's just point scoring and all of that. And again, you know, there's probably when you can't manage ego. I actually think the egos are not necessarily the ones you expect. The Mbappe's, the Pogba's, you know, we all know. Let me call it call it straight. The black guys, like I said, they love your rhythm, but not your blues. The blues being when you lost, when you're dance, when Pogba's dancing and they're scoring bangers like that, you know. It is what it is. It's a bit like England. People that are booing Denise, booing Raheem Sterling, they're probably jumping. Like, oh, my, black lives really do matter. And that's not the majority. That's the dickhead. But the problem is, you know, they come to light. Um, so it's a it's a bit of a madness. And apparently Pavada's clashed with Pogba. Pogba's clashed with Varane. Varane's clashed with this guy. That guy's clashed with that guy. It doesn't surprise me because, you know, I do think situations, you need to have it out. Everybody say what they feel. There's multiple reasons for bl for bl losing. And then when you've got that out of your system, recognising that we've all got a part to play. Nobody played amazing, you know? Nobody. Nobody. 
Whether it's missing a penalty, extra time, 90 minutes, nobody did what they needed. The manager's tactics, you win, lose and draw together, innit? It is what it is. You have to go again. The good thing is there's a World Cup next year and it's a shame because 30 years from now, well, maybe when you talk about Pogba, you'll talk about it, but you're not. we're not going to speak about this. You know, Pogba, Griezmann, couple might have, had, have been having some wavy tournaments and it, this is where it stops and it's probably not going to be spoken of. Great goal from Pogba, but I can't lie, him losing the ball in the midfield kind of summed him up. Kante was anonymous as well. Um, So, yeah, man. It was terrible, really. Like, psh, boy, shocker, first shocker of the tournament. Well, I say first shocker. The Dutch went out, man, really and truly. But you knew the Dutch were going out, man. I told, man, the minute... Oh, sorry, to go back with the French people. Apparently, during the game versus Switzerland, Rabiot and Pogba insulted each other. So, again, they're taking it to the stands. I say everybody just fight. Uh, Rabiot's unhappy with Pogba's defensive efforts um, Varane insulted Pavard unhappy with his defending Pavard blamed Pogba for doing no defending Varane later backed Pavard so everybody just blaming everybody man I bet you that was probably the time you saw Kante shout and that people he probably went mad you probably saw or not you probably didn't see a smile from him so yeah man French are out is what it is you have to hold that L man you know shout out to the Czech Republic yeah I know Holland, we're down, Netherlands, better yet, we're down to 10 men. Still it, I don't know what you're doing there. And I can't lie, I've seen some of the Dutch publications, they're asking a fairly legit question. You went to Italy, which is described as, you know, the university of defending and <laughs> meant to see a dramatically better defender. I haven't really seen, I didn't really see that, the Euros, you know. Holland were wavy until they played a half-decent side, you know. Daniel Don Marlon's decision-making was terrible. Delit showed his youth and naivety with getting sent off. You know, Depay wasn't really on nothing. You know, Wijnaldum, we probably, a lot of people would have had him, not as the player of the tournament, but if you're naming the 11, he had a chance. First game that mattered, did not see that captain. Did not see him. De Jong tried, but I can't lie. De Jong just, you know, De Jong just started moaning towards the end when they're chasing the game. And for me, De Jong was more happy playing in pointless areas. Like, cool, you can drop a shoulder and play a pass, but you're not hurting them or putting in an area that hurts them. They're just sitting back, soaking up the pressure. You know, the Dumfries made an important block. De Jong, don't know why you started. Van Aal, you weren't on nothing. Early on, you know, Daily Blimp was playing some good passes, as you would in a back three, but dead you know credit to the Czech Republic man they sit they sat in they they were aggressive they attacked they offered something you know slick got on the score sheet again you know they did what they needed to do man they doppied them in the second half man yeah they went down to 10 men but I liked what I saw from the Czech Republic man like just over 10 minutes after the first red card they went and slapped in one 68th minute and then after you know slick got on the score sheet so well deserved and like I said football matches aren't won on paper you believe in yourself you believe in what the managers told you you win your battles galvanize you have half a chance and you know we already spoke about it but Italy were lucky you know Italy did their thing over um, over the end to go through 2-1 you know Chiesa making a difference but they were taken to the brink by Austria you know Wales were duppied 4-0 by, 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 by Denmark you all saw that the lesser that the better you know Portugal sadly out via the Belgians now as well you know Forgan Hazard on the stroke of half time um Scored a lovely effort. I don't know what sort of view he did on the ball, but the ball, I don't know what. It defies physics, really. Not that I, I can really speak of physics. I just about passed, for, um, I'm about to say French, so that tells you everything, um, science. But yeah, man, you know, it. yeah, bro, we, read, we, we saw what it is. You know, I don't think Belgium were really troubled. You know, they did what they could. They sat in, you know, Lukaku um, done well to relieve pressure, in my opinion. I think Forgan Hazard played well. Um, Eden did well in patches, Hazard was okay, you know, the back three, the pensioners did all right, Courtois made a couple good saves, 
Well, you just were wanting more, a bit more from Portugal, really and truly. You know, Pepe's getting into handbags. It was lovely to see. I think Portugal's midfield free played all right. But again, you just wanted a bit more. They just, just didn't really do much, in my opinion, man. They just didn't have too much about them, really. Um, you know. And again, when you look at it, it was always coming because Portugal were eliminated with just one victory from their four games, man. Losing two and drawing one. That's their fewest in a single tournament at the European Championship since their first in 1984. So I don't know if this is the end for their gaffer. You know, you've got a World Cup next year. Is this going to change? You know, Bruno Anonymous, Xiao Felix barely get on the pitch. You know, probably need some new blood, like some new other guys. I don't know, man. I really, I really don't know. It was a toothless performance, man. But saying that, Portugal offered a bit more than Belgium. Again, both teams were quite toothless. Belgium had six shots, one on target. The Portuguese had 23, four on target. And again, more time, I'm seeing... Um, this. What's this midfielder's name again, man? What's his name? Let me find his name. Paulinho. I'm seeing the centre... I'm seeing the centre defensive mid-take more shots. So that tells you everything, really and truly. Um... So upsets are there to happen. I don't know if that's going to be an upset. Obviously, for Belgium next, I think they've got Italy and Hazard. And I don't know if it's mind games, but apparently Hazard and Kevin might not play. So make of that what you will. Um, Spain flirted with exit. You know, Croatia, shout out to you. You know, Modric, performance of the ages. That's how you go out like a real G. You know, for for me, they waved the white flag when, when Modric came off. He probably was knackered. You know, that was that's what Kroos should have been doing. That's what them French midfielders should have been doing, you know. Modric went down fighting. Obviously, Orsic made a difference. Uh, Pedri played well and has been one of the Spanish standout players. But I think he's very unlucky to have that own goal chalked on his name. It looked like it did touch Unai Simone. And Unai Simone's made a mistake similar for Spain as and as well as Atletico. I'm sure you all saw that calamitous own goal. You know, footballers control the ball. He's, he's, he's got a simple back pass. He just let it right, run into the back of his own net. He's miskicked it, really. But that sprung the game into life. You know, his blushes were spared. Obviously, Ferran Torres had a good game. He scored. Ozjarabal got on the score sheet. Maratta, he was missing some tappings and diving. He The one good thing he did, that was a banger from him. Controlled it, smashed it. Um, and Sarabia, who I felt was unlucky to be subbed. At a point, you probably was looking at Spain's subs and thinking, why did he do that? Because they looked like they were going to be in trouble. Um you know, Spain looks shaky, but at the end of the day, you can't pick a favourite. And I said it's a year, it's this is a Euros where someone's just gonna scumbag it. And I think that's why England and Spain probably have chances. And you know, Spain's blushes were spared, but they did turn it on. It was a close game, you know. Seven shots to Croatia's on target to ten of, of Spain, twenty-three Spain had, and then twelve to um, Croatia. Considering there was no Perisic, there's tired legs, and Croatia do not have the overall quality these lot have, you could imagine it. I can't lie though, you got you did get to see a couple of ugly moments, I felt, you know. The defence kind of switched off as they became tired, the Croatians. And is it Gavdal? Bro, at least two of them goals are specifically his fault. One of the goals, you know, they've just spent... The Spaniards have just played it quickly. I think Ferran Torres is. I could be wrong. They've just played it quickly. My man is concerned with getting water. He's trying to dash the water to one side, react to the other, man. You see that stuff when you're playing with your friends in Sunday League. Terrible. He's 19 years of age, though. And again, you've seen the youthful naivety. Um... In that, in that regards, people, it was quite terrible from him. You know, Rebic did well in some cap, cap, in some patches, as did um, Kovacic. But on another day, they probably wanted to do more. Rebic had a couple of chances. He probably should have scored. Busquets played well. I can't lie. I didn't think Kolke played well. I did think Eric Garcia didn't play bad, but he looked out of his depth. And this is what I mean when it's international football. It's not an ability thing. It's to being able to read things. So... I didn't understand why Paul Torres didn't start, but I understood why he came. Why, why Paul Torres came on. 
you know, Aspilicueta did well as well, holding it up. You know, vintage Aspilicueta doing his thing. You know, and again, that was another goal, <laughs> bro. Nobody has seen Aspilicueta's run, and uh, you know, I know Aspilicueta gets his fair amount of you know these sort of goals and stuff. Like, I'm not gonna say he's not a threat on his day, but he's not the tallest, at least on the TV. Free run, like again, creation need to do a bit better. I think Vida played a lot better. Who knows, man? Maybe if they had Lovren's mentality and maybe if Perisic wasn't robbed of an opportunity of playing due to COVID, it could have been a different game um, for the creations in the Spanish. But we'll never know, people. And then, obviously, I'm sure you saw Sweden versus Ukraine. You know, Zinchenko scored a great goal. Um, you know, Forsberg, who's having a good tournament, scored. But that's it. You know, I think he's got four in four. I think that's done for you. Is that's gone now? You know, Ukraine, you know, ten defeated 10 men. 10 men Sweden. I don't know what Danielson was doing. That was a stupid tackle to make in added on time. I really don't know what it was. And, you know, with the game looking like his head going to penalties, you saw a dramatic header right at the end, people. This is what the stu this stuff is about. So it sets up England versus Ukraine. Again, you cannot underestimate anyone at this stage in the competition. So you're gonna need to you're gonna need to be very serious. Um in relation to who we have who who who's in the last eight, I should really look at that. Sorry, people, let me bring it up. Euros last eight. Let's scroll down. Scroll down. Sorry, people. Why is it not just telling me who has won the damn game? Oh, here we go. So, obviously, the quarterfinals now, people. You've got Switzerland against Spain. Now, Switzerland, we're going to go over this on Friday, but Switzerland are not going to have Granit Xhaka because despite... Uh, man of the match performance and a good display. I would have had Seferovic as my man of the match personally. I think he was on crud, but he won't be able to play suspended. You've got Belgium against Italy now. If we take what Roberto Martin, as he said, at face value in Hazard and Kevin are not fit, then that boosts Italy's chance. But Italy can't look at that and think they're going to win because, again, with respect to Austria, Belgium without that are probably better than them. Um, in terms of names or on paper, or FIFA at least. Like, um, So you've got you can't underestimate that. But that's him. Now we're starting to move into neutral territory. Like for England, pardon me, we're playing. We, we you know, we've had the luxury at Wembley with in reason. I think we played one game away from there. I could be wrong, um, but we've had the luxury of Wembley. You know, now we move away. That that's something a lot of people said about the Dutch. The minute they moved out the Amsterdam Arena, it gets long for them. So. Um, Ukraine, we're the away side against Ukraine for what it's worth. So we're going to have to see what we're on against Ukraine, man. That's going to be a very interesting game. You've got Czech Republic against Denmark. Denmark deserve to be through and I think people are really sleeping on them. Every team still here, still in here has a chance. And then you've got Switzerland. Um, I mean, like I said, sorry, Czech Republic versus Denmark, Ukraine, England, Switzerland, Spain, Belgium, Italy. So, boy, like the margins for error are getting small. You know, the last eight's got to turn to the last four and then, you know, you've got, you know, Never had a better chance. You think anybody can win, man? Spain are not playing like Spain, but they're here. Italy playing well. They're here. You know, we'll see how Italy are against Belgium because the first test they're given against Austria, they got over it, but there's a lot to think about. Switzerland versus Spain. Czech Republic, Denmark, not much in that. I personally feel the Czechs will edge that just because I see them scoring at set pieces. Ukraine, England. The pessimistic in us England fans will probably say it would be like us after 55 years to de defeat the Germans in a knockout competition and then go out to Ukraine, but we're going to have to see what we're on, man. And I think everyone wants us to lose, you know. We've got to, sorry, people, we've got to embrace our arrogance, in my opinion, as England fans. Like, I can't lie. I enjoyed watching the little kid cry, man. I can't lie, man. Obviously, commiserations to her, but that's what football's about, man. I'm sure when, when Germany were doing their thing, <laughs> she don't care. So it is what it is. When Hungary went out, I'm sure she didn't care. 
and it's just fuck them kids, man. Like, part of our language, we need to win, innit? So, I'm sure the world wants us to win. I'm sure the Scottish, the Germans, you know, they, if they, I'm sure there's a Scotsman and a German still in the pub right now, scheming on the English. So, let's make sure we do what we need to do. Um, away from that and in other news, I'm sure you've all seen Patrick Vieira has become the Crystal Palace gaffer people. Now, he isn't inexperienced. He comes off the back of obviously coaching at Manchester City, working in the MLS. Most recently, he was in Nice with France with Nice. Um, he's taking the Palace job now. Big step. Come on, Vieira. Mate. If you're still there by this, by when we're playing them, give us them six points. Big step for Vieira. Big task. Big job. You know, many people wanted him for the Arsenal job over Arteta and in general. Now you're going to have to see you are going. Um, to be fair, you're only as good as what you can work with. And that's what I mean. This is a big job for, for anybody, really. It's a big job. You look at the Crystal Palace team. I'm not familiar on who's going to end up staying and them things, but a lot of their players were talking about, you know, their deals were running down. They've got an aging squad on top of that. You know, Zaha might want to keep it moving, whether someone buys him is another thing. So the, it's a it's a big task, you know. Stay, I'd, I'd, I'd argue staying in the league is, the unless they sign, they need to sign some quality players. And I think they know that. Staying in the league is a priority and probably the objective of Crystal Palace because they could be in big, big trouble, you know, big, big trouble. You're losing a lot. And, you know, hopefully he can rely on Arsenal. Maybe, you know, if you want to take Balogun on a year, you know, if you want to take him on a loan, if you want to take Eddie and Ketty permanently, if you want to take Reese Nelson, you know, if you want to take Saturn, you know, we can make Saturn happen really and truly. And then they on a permanent, why not? Um, so, yeah, man, Vieira, shout out to him for taking the job, people. And obviously, he is second choice because it looked like Lucien Favre, you know, who's worked at Dortmund and Gladbach and could have been a great choice, um, turned it down at the last minute for whatever reason. I mean, football, you know, if you go on Cronkite, it's not the same. But, I mean, you can't take Crystal Palace. Crystal Palace can't take him as Gaffer with, what's, with what we've just said and expect magic if they're not going to help him. Like, if they're really, if they're really not going to help him, people, really and truly. Um, so, we're going to have to see. Obviously, you've got Eze and that. But, let's be honest, there is not too much quality in that Crystal Palace team. Like, I'm trying to find out whose contracts are expiring. Um I would love to know the average squad age, man. You've got Jeffrey, Jeffrey Slope, Van Aarholt, Townsend, Sacco, um, Sacco, James McCarthy, Klein, Ward, Cahill, Scott Dan, Martin Kelly, Hennessy, Wickham, Henderson and some brother called Sam Woods. But, you know, a lot of them are household names when you think of Crystal Palace. So they could be in big, big trouble, really and truly, if they don't invest and inject some new life. To be honest, they needed to move away a lot of these players. Now, a couple of them probably will sign new deals and retain and things. I think you need to keep a couple of them or they're in problems because they've got a naive side, really, really and truly, if I'm completely honest with you, man. You know, Crystal Palace could be in big trouble if they don't invest, in my humble opinion. Like, you know, I'm trying to look at their names, man. You know, they've still got Tompkins on the books. Get Guita in goal, I think. You're, and Jack Butlin, you're going to need to do a lot better than that. You know, you still got um, you still got Mitchell. Still got Reed, Reed Wild. You still got Milevovic. You still got Eze. Still on paper, Zaha. Still got AU. They're still good players. But in terms of the base, you know, they probably need a couple of centre-halves. They need a lot, really. You're going to need a left-back if an out bus is out, which is going to happen. You've got an average squad age of 29. So people could say that's experience. You could say there's a fine line between experience and past it. So they need to reinvest. And a manager can only do so much. And managers are very disposable. So, And I'm sure Crystal Palace, they should be thinking with their signings for the next three, four years. Whether Vieira's there or not is another thing. But for what it's worth, Patrick Vieira has agreed to become the new Crystal Palace manager. Nothing has been signed yet, as reported by David Ornstein. With Vieira the third manager in three weeks where terms have been agreed, but Palace now expect this deal to go through. 
The board had hoped Lucien Favre would change his mind over the weekend. Um, he opted not to take it, people. And they focused on this. Apparently, Palace are insistent on a manager being in place by next Monday when the players return to pre-season. Now, they need that really and truly. It's a bit like Spurs. What's going on with Spurs? Um, really, because, you know, how can you sign people? What player is going to want to sign for a club within reason? You don't know who the gaffer is. You know, a lot of players don't know where they stand. A lot of players don't know what they're working on. It's good when you're Kane and that. You know, and you're, you're playing in the Euros. But for the guys that are returning, it's an issue. Speaking of managers as well, Frank De Boer has stepped down as gaffer of Holland. Well-deserved. Two days after, obviously, they went out. Well-deserved. You know, he needed to go. There's no way around it. First big test, he went out. Not the guy. Speaking of new gaffers, Rafa Benitez, we've heard this for a while, has agreed a three-year deal to become the new manager of Everton people. Um, Everton are expected to confirm his appointment. As you know, he spent six years at fellow Liverpool-based football club and rivals, um, you know, Liverpool, where he spent six years, as I said, and he won the Champions League in the FA Cup, you know, and he's 61. He gives a wealth of experience and I know many people won't be happy. I know many Spurs and Arsenal fans remember GG, George Graham managing both clubs. So I would say people get over these things, but it's ha I'm happy to have Rafa Benitez back. Whether, you know, he'll feel victim to what I feel... Arsene Wenger and to a degree Jose suffered with in that the game has kind of passed him by I don't know but he's a hallmark of, of, of football he's a very innovative man he's a good manager he's a good guy so I'm happy to see him back in the Prem and I hope it works out for Everton if I'm completely honest with you apparently speaking of Spurs apparently uh, Parat TC again the former Juventus um, guy who's now new managing director of football at Spurs apparently he's arrived in London for the first time on Tuesday as you know he starts his new job on July the 1st tomorrow apparently you know the merry-go-round that is Tottenham Hotspur's managerial search might be coming to an end apparently he's set to hold more talks with Nuno Espirito Santo ahead of, ahead of the potential appointment as new Spurs head coach people um, so we'll have to see. So it looks like Spurs will be getting Nuno and things like that. But apparently reports in Turkey claim Nuno's been approached by Fenerbahce people. But apparently that's not been the case or what's thought. So we're going to have to see. Spurs need a new gaffer in it. They don't get it. They're going to be in problems. So, yeah, man. With that being said, I don't think there's anything else to, to spe uh, specify. We've spoken about the Euros. We've touched on a couple of other bits and pieces. And it's been a fantastic 30-odd minutes with you guys. Please make sure you're hitting that like button on Spotify, Apple and things. You're setting your reminders. You're following. Please make sure you're, you know, if you're watching this via YouTube, you're doing the same. You're supporting the movement, man. More importantly than that, please stay safe. Please stay in good health. And I'll catch you lot on Friday. And again, in, sandwiched in between that, you know I do a bunch of content on YouTube. So there's something for everyone there. So yeah man Please follow me on the socials Instagram and all of that I need to get to 10k on Insta So I can swipe up And, and actually be able to promote my vids properly So hit that one up On that note though Like I said man It's been a very big pleasure to speak to you guys I'm very appreciative of having a DG Nation Supporter group like you guys So on that note though I'm going to get out of it Like I said Hit the like Support the ting Stay safe People I'm out DG